Welcome to the Upbeat Podcast, powered by CoChart, a show that's dedicated to providing resources for families impacted by childhood chronic illness. For articles, videos, and show notes, visit our platform at theupbeat.cochart.org. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Upbeat Podcast. I am Greg, your host and the executive director of CoChart, and we have an amazing guest with us today. Alexa Chronister is founder and president of Fight Like a Warrior, a nonprofit organization that connects, empowers, and advocates for those with life-altering health conditions. Uh, She grew up with some chronic health issues that weren't properly diagnosed until her late teens, and of course, we're going to talk about that. And then this spring, she graduated from the University of Delaware with a bachelor's degree in public policy. So, uh, Alexa, thank you so much for joining us, and we're excited to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. So let's start with, uh, my understanding is, you know, any time a child has a chronic illness, it, it sometimes takes a while to find out what's going on, that even if it's clear that something's wrong, you know, finding the correct diagnosis can take a while. Can you tell us a little bit about what that journey was like for you, both on the medical side, but then also just what the experience was like from you sort of processing that from the emotional side as, as you went through that? Yeah, for sure. So my medical challenges started pretty early in my childhood, but we didn't necessarily understand really why they were occurring. And it was sort of just like, oh, this is like Alexa's body. It's a little bit different. And these are some challenges that um, she has. But we went to a good amount of different physicians um, and some children's hospitals. And I was eventually diagnosed in childhood with like hypermobility syndrome. Um, And I was kind of told that a lot of the pain issues I was having um, were really just growing pains. Um, But I used a combination of physical therapy um, and other sort of interventions to um, treat the pain that I was having in childhood. Um, And so when you were told, oh, these are just growing pains, did that feel like an answer to you? Did it feel, did it feel not validating that people weren't really understanding it? How, how was your, how was the process of hearing that for you? I think because I was so young, I wasn't necessarily as aware as I was when I was in my teens, sort of going through that um, undiagnosis period. My symptoms got a lot worse and they changed when I was about a junior senior in high school um, and that's kind of when I went through a period of not being diagnosed and trying to figure out what these new issues were because they were different from what I grew up with. Um, what I grew up with was a lot more the pain that I had was a lot more manageable and sort of with those interventions like physical therapy and taking you know ibuprofen um, the pain was pretty manageable for me but Um, When I was in high school, my pain went to a lot of different joints. It was like very widespread throughout my Mm. whole body. Um, And it was a lot more severe. And I went to a lot of different doctors again, because it was something different and something that was no longer manageable. And I was told that my pain was sort of in my head. Um, And the physician said that he often saw this with young women who um, tried hard in school. Um, which was interesting, um, certainly very dismissive for me and my family. You know, we tried to 
you know, advocate. And my parents really taught me about self-advocacy during that time period. They kind of tried to point to my previous hypermobility diagnosis and do their own research so that they could come in and sort of um, have the tools to ask about different things. Um, but there was a lot of, you know, dismissal of my feelings and my symptoms. And I kind of continued on a path of deteriorating um, over the next few months because I was just really diagnosed with kind of like a childhood chronic pain in general. And there wasn't really much that um, they could do besides tell you to exercise and not talk about your pain, which was really challenging too for my parents and for myself, obviously, because that cuts off a lot of the support that you might need, especially when you know, your health is so drastically changing. So sure. to be able to talk to, you know, people in my close-knit group about it was um, really challenging for me. But eventually I was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which helped get me on the right track to properly treat problems that I was having. And it sounds like your parents were really a source of empowerment during that period. A lot of our listeners are parents themselves who have kids who are going through different health journeys. Can you talk a little bit about tactics that your parents might have used or, or their approach to it that made you feel em empowered by, by um, what they were doing? Yeah, well, I just want to say, too, that I think it can be really hard for any parent, especially with a child who is older, who may, you know, be more aware about what's happening and, and want to have that feeling of being empowered and being able to self-advocate, but also kind of parents balancing, you know, what is the doctor saying? What is my child saying? What is truly best for my child? I think that that's can be really challenging to navigate. Um, but anyway, some of the things that my parents did that really helped um, me to find my voice in the process was helping empower me to research and mm. um, explaining the research that they were doing to me. Because um, a lot of times, you know, it's not always accessible, especially for a teenager to say, read a very academic, scientific article, medical journal article, or really be able to look at content online on the internet. There's a lot of amazing um, information, but there's a lot of misinformation. So sort of navigating that is also super important. Um, and I also think that they really pushed me um, when I went to my appointments to speak for myself. Um, and that's kind of, I think, a change that a lot of people go through when, you know, you're going from childhood and parents going into your appointments and really speaking for their children who um, can't necessarily speak for themselves and don't really have a voice yet and trying to find a way to transition that, um, not so abruptly that your child feels abandoned and, you know, has to stand on their own two feet immediately. Um, but it was really great for my parents to kind of empower me to speak for myself while also giving me that needed support or reminding me of things that I might be forgetting when trying to talk with a physician or advocate for myself to a physician. Yeah, absolutely. And I also understand that like a lot of young people with chronic illnesses, you found community online and, and felt less isolated when you found other people telling their stories. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and a form of dysautonomia called POTS, Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome. And I don't know 
I didn't know anybody in my life, in my local community um, that was living with those conditions, or at least, you know, was advertising that they were living with those conditions. So initially, um, I obviously felt relieved to get a diagnosis after kind of going through that period of being undiagnosed and misdiagnosed. Um, it was empowering to be able to sort of figure out what I needed to do. But it was also isolating because I felt like I was very much alone in that there weren't other people that I knew of going through something similar. So being able to go online and find um, people my age who were battling similar conditions or the same conditions was incredible for me. It made me feel so much less alone. Um, and it made me feel like there were so many people because there are so many other people that are also diagnosed with the same condition and fighting similar battle. So that was incredible for me. And uh, one of the people that I met be happened to live nearby me and after kind of a while we were able to meet up and make a positive connection there which was very helpful especially to be able to kind of meet with someone in person and develop a friendship that you know I wouldn't have been able to do without that online space. Yeah that's great and so then so then what led you to found Fight Like a Warrior? Yeah so it sort of came from that online community. I, you know, I talked about how how much of a blessing it was to find that um, community and how much it really made me feel less alone. And I wanted to do something to kind of give back to that community who gave me so much in my time of need. So I created a program called Cards for Warriors, which is a program that Fight Like a Warrior still has today. And Cards for Warriors was me and a few volunteers who were also chronically ill who wanted to join in. And we created um, a bunch of different handmade cards and we mailed them to people fighting um, medical conditions all around the world. Um, today, the program has grown um, so much. We've sent nearly a thousand cards. We've sent them to many different places around the world. And initially, it was a lot of people um, from the community who were kind of nominating, you know, requesting that we send them a card. But now um, there's a lot more parents and family members and friends who are nominating um, their loved ones to receive a card, which is also really great because sometimes when someone is going through a health issue, you don't necessarily know what to say or do. So Cards for Warriors is a really great way for them to do something nice um, and show that they care. But anyways, so Cards for Warriors kind of developed into Fight Like a Warrior after I saw how much of a positive impact Cards for Warriors was having um, and how much the program was growing. We received so many thank you letters and pictures of people with their cards, and I kind of wanted to do more. And I also wanted to create something more that I would have wanted to have developed when I was initially diagnosed. So I created Fight Like a Warrior to, you know, unite, empower, and advocate for those battling chronic illnesses. And we expanded, still continuing Cards for Warriors, but also adding um, a lot of different social platforms to connect people to one another, a blog to really elevate people's voices. We run a bunch of different awareness and advocacy campaigns and really focus on self-empowerment. And we also um, want to be a space for caretakers and medical professionals and people battling any sort of health condition to come together in one space. And I know one of your campaigns is the hashtag Sick Fights Back. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, so that was pretty much kind of the 
founding almost of Fight Like a Warrior. It's like our very initial sort of tagline, I guess, and something that we really try and push with our community. Um, I think it started, you know, kind of in the fact that we wanted to empower people to make the most of their life and to tell people that, you know, it isn't easy. It isn't easy going through a health challenge, but there's still so much to life and we want to celebrate small successes and empower people to to fight back and to find um, the strength that they have inside of them, the strength in every day and to show that strength doesn't necessarily look the same for everybody and strength can be all of these little things that we often look over and strength can even find us on the days that we feel so weak so we really wanted to and continue to empower people to feel feel their own strength um, and despite kind of whatever they feel from their home support systems or their communities or society that they have this community behind them that's also fighting with them that's fantastic. And yeah, I'm really curious out of the 10,000 kids who have participated in Coach Art over the years, if any of them have gotten any of the cards or participated in, in any of the campaigns, I, I bet um, our community uh, would be really uh, excited about it and, and thrilled to participate. I wanted to circle back to one thing that you mentioned, the idea that often people don't know the right thing to say or, or say the wrong thing or think they've said the wrong thing, you know, or can be really shy and, and sort of tentative around people who are going through a chronic illness. How have you dealt with that and, and what tips do you have for when it feels like somebody doesn't know what to say or, or um, is distancing themselves because they're unsure of themselves? Yeah, um, I have been lucky to really have an awesome support system, but certainly, you know, even people who are sick themselves, sometimes you don't know what to say to someone who is going through a medical challenge because sometimes, you know, there isn't anything to say. It's just kind of a challenging situation. Um, but I think just being there and believing what the person is saying is so important and we underestimate the value of just being a presence and listening to the people around us. I think too often people feel that their, their story, their experience is dismissed. I think really the power of believing, um, believing and being a support system for that person is incredible. There's not, not necessarily, you know, the right thing to say, and you don't necessarily have to know all the right things to say. I think just saying, you know, I'm here and I believe you is, can mean the world of a difference for someone. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I understand that even before Fight Like a Warrior, your orientation towards helping others with chronic illness goes, goes way back and, and all the way back to the second grade is, is my understanding. Yeah, so in second grade, I, well, my aunt, my great aunt was uh, diagnosed with cancer, and I was kind of processing that situation and, you know, recognizing what cancer was and how this impacted my family and my community, and I asked my parents, do kids get cancer? And they explained to me that kids do get cancer, and I was just shocked and I wanted to do something to help childhood cancer and to donate to childhood cancer research. So in second grade, I started a toy sale, which turned into a yard sale, but I was selling some of my toys at our community yard sale. Oh, wow. Donating the proceeds to a 
Childhood Cancer Research Foundation. And that kind of turned into a greater project over the years where more people donated either their toys or just goods to our yard sale. And we had it every single year. And um, we also kind of got into fundraising and collecting donations from the community to kind of amplify our efforts. And I continued to give back that way until about high school when I participated in um, my school's mini-thon, which is a mini miniature version of Penn State's uh, thon that raises money for the Four Diamonds Foundation. And that was kind of a way for me to continue the efforts of my toy sale at the high school level. Oh, that's incredible. Well, Alexa, you've just done obviously so much good in your life and, and taken uh, the experience that you had and, and turned it into helping others in, in so many different ways. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about where, if folks are interested, where they can find out more about Fight Like a Warrior and get involved? Yeah, you can visit us online at fightlikeawarrior.org and find all of our social media and different links there. But our most popular platform is Instagram, where you can find us at Fight Like a Warrior and Facebook at Fight Like a Warrior Project. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you again so much and um, uh, keep up the incredible good work and uh, you're helping so many people and, and we're thrilled that you chose the upbeat to tell your story today. Thanks so much. It was so awesome. Thanks for having me. You can find more content like this at theupbeat.coachart.org, where we have blog posts, podcasts, and YouTube clips, as well as a Facebook group that you can join and share your own helpful advice with other families who are dealing with social and emotional questions about kids going through chronic illness. So we hope to see you there. Thanks so much.